Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? This is the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network, giving you the most entertaining, best analysis, and overall best quality FCS football podcast out there. There's no one better, no one that can compete. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson, and we have a wild weekend that we're going to be recapping here from week six. A lot of crazy stuff that happened, Sean. Not as crazy as Sean getting to go see his... uh, his boy, Young Thug. Oh, it was awesome. How was that? The best concert I've ever been to, I've ever be- been to, ever be to. Um, I don't know. I guess life just goes downhill from here. I think, I think that's what it is. <laughs> it's I so mean, depressing. Why I would just, you say that? I don't that? know. It was, just a pe- it was just a peak. It was a pinnacle. That's what it is. Is that the I first think. time you've ever seen him live? Yeah. How annoyed were you when Machine Gun Kelly had to come out? He was really infuriating because his set design was so big and elaborate that it took an extra 40 minutes in after he was done for them to break it down and then set up Young Thug's Jeez. Uh, stage design. That's obnoxious. I mean, 40 minutes. I don't think anyone there was there to see Machine Gun Kelly. There were Not people. Single... No, no, there were people there for him. Really? Yeah. I don't even know a single Machine Gun they Kelly They were song. like rock and roll fans, oh. like metal fans. Like oh. They had eyeshadow on. They knew every word. Oof. Oh, so they were uh, emos. I was talking to Kevin Wainer for like 30 seconds and then this and I turned around to talk to him and there was this little guy smaller stature and I'm talking to Kevin everyone's a little guy to you but this guy (laughs) he was substantially like he was like 5'5 or something like that and I'm sitting here talking like oh hey Kevin because he's popped up behind me tapped my shoulder and little guy's hey like hey you know get out of the way (laughs) I'm I'm like or or have this conversation somewhere else I'm like dude are you kidding me oh my god like who are you uh, <laughs> Wait to you of yeah. all people. What did you say to him? I'm like, dude, shut up. Uh, I literally, I'm like, like, I, I literally turn to him. I'm like, I tell him, uh, what's the problem, man? Like, like, sh- like, shut up. I'm, I'm talking to him for like two, two minutes, and now you want to, uh, you know, I just, I waved him off. Were you in line or were you just in stand- the concert standing? Oh my god, that takes some hubris <laughs> to tell the six 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 guy. Who probably has 200 pounds of weight on you to move. Oh I mean, I couldn't have been talking to Kevin for more than 30 seconds, and this guy's, like, chirping up on me. I'm so glad I asked you how the concert went. I didn't know that happened to you. I honestly didn't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is a genuine reaction here. I, that is hilarious. It never fails. You go, you go somewhere. Like, I've had it happen to me, but I've never had an egregious size differential like that. I always have someone a lot smaller than me that's like, Hey, watch it or like quit bumping into me. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm a lot bigger than you and I'm not uncoordinated. I'm obviously going to bump into you. You either move out of the way or you just deal with it. I also always find a way to get stuck next to the, how do I want to say this? The heavier girl that's going way too hard oh, at the concert. The one that's knocking you over. <laughs> like she's bumping the hell out of me. She's bumping the hell out of my girl. I'm sitting here like I I got like my arms around my girl, yeah. like shield, like be, being the big protector, the big goon. Yeah. And this girl is like out of her mind, and it's like she's acting like it's a mosh pit. I mean, 
I'm like, I almost like. She's like that. Uh, that, I don't know. that one thing that went viral with the with the girl that people were saying should play offensive line I, at the. She could have. Yeah. I, the way that she was moving around, I'm like, like get control of yourself. Oh man. Have a you have fun, but have some control and how God. you're how like how you're influence influencing other people. Like normally at concerts, I try not to like. I try to make an effort not to stand in front of people yeah. too badly. Like I try to give space, all that. I'm cognizant of of my impact on uh, on people. But the dumb people, just the dummies out there <laughs> that don't care about how they are representing themselves no. or anything of that nature. What what are we doing? What, like get out of here. God, sit at home. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be ignorant of your actions, oh man! Now you're getting me all wound up. Like I, Sean's rant of the day. Oh God, she sucked. All right, calm down. Get yourself a cup of water. We're going over to the water cooler because we have an interesting one here. We have another team potentially joining the FCS after we had Tarleton State being the one joining. This is a potential joinee, and that's St. Thomas being invited to join the FCS by the Division One Summit. So that's great to see. And, Sean, I don't know if you know this about St. Thomas. Enlighten me. But recently, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, they were asked to leave their conference because they were playing and dominating teams and just blowing them out like 79 to nothing, just absolutely smacking teams. And the conference was like, you can't play in here anymore for competitive reasons. (laughs) I don't know if they ended up getting booted or not, but that is the right – reaction to it is inviting a good football team to come play at the FCS. Now I'm sure there'll be a bit of a you know a, a curve in in um their ability to come and be ready to play right away, but it's good to see another good football program potentially join the FCS and hopefully they uh they accept it. Right. I hope they do. All right. We had two wild games that save our job this week. The first one being, both these games went to overtime, but this first one was JMU just barely edging. Number two JMU winning 45-38 to over Stony Brook in overtime. Now, this comes after Stony Brook made SportsCenter for scoring in last-second fashion on a a rush by Tyquell Fields, a 50-yard rush to get them a victory over us, over URI. So that's back-to-back weeks. In last-second fashion, they were able to fight themselves back. So in this game, there were so many big plays. I kept looking up from what I was watching to say to Sean, I just watched another 70-yard pass, something along those lines. So many explosive plays in this game, not a ton of defense, up until two JMU fumbles, and that really kept Stony Brook back in the game. So finally this thing starts to come down to the the end of it after it's a lot of back and forth, back and forth. JMU's up 38 to 35 and then with no time on the clock, about like 19 seconds, a heave puts them about the middle of the field and then another play gets them in within field goal range. They bang a long field goal, great kick right down the middle. We're going to overtime. Overtime though does not go as well as you would anticipate is that JMU scores first in overtime and then somehow some way, Stony Brook finds them way they're themselves in a fourth and 18, unable to convert it. Very few teams that are able to convert that. For some reason, they heaved it for the end zone and just no play was made on it. Great defensive effort. Game was done after that. It was an insane game. And I see you have written down here, Stony Brook 
very underrated team, one of yes. the most resilient in the FCS. You look at their games, you're going to see that yourself. We're not just making this up. We're not wasting our breath saying that they're a resilient team. This isn't just coach talk or analyst talk. No, they're resilient. All these CAA teams are resilient. They're going to go down to the fourth quarter, and no one's going to stop until uh, until it's over. Now, my takeaway is these running backs in this game were out for blood. Juwan Hamilton and Percy OJ Obisi for JMU were spectacular. And Tyson Lawton for Stony Brook, out for blood. I mean, running in the red zone with no regard for the defense. They're going to score. No one's going to stop us. It was awesome to see. I mean, it was both these teams were just running power like nobody's business. Big guards are pulling, setting the edge. It was just, it was so cool to watch them run the ball and then throw it over the top for for sixty yard passes, which is Stony Brook's forte. Run the run the rock, lull you to sleep, make you put seven in the box. Now we're gonna throw it over top and man. And one more thing from Stony Brook, Kyle Nunez is only a sophomore. He's masterful at the guard position and he's gonna be drafted. And I'm saying that he's only a sophomore. Just remember this. This game is why the CAA is the most exciting conference in the FCS. Across the board, the CAA, just all the games that they put out per week are exciting. But this is indicative of top-notch college football content that you will get every week from at least one game. I get constantly aggravated by people that try to make the argument that these other conferences are better than the CAA. But in reality of it, you have the top teams of other conferences blowing out the next best team. Right. It's not competitive. It's not. The CAA, you can have any team. You can have a bottom team in the conference come and beat the best team. And Stony Brook was, was technically a mid-tier team based on their ranking, and they were able to fight and stay close in this game. I mean, look at William & Mary Villanova. William & Mary, 35-28. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where. And taking it deep into the fourth quarter. Villanova's the hottest team in the FCS. Yeah. Any team. Any team can win against any team in the CAA. There is a reason why everyone says the CAA is the SEC of FCS football. Now, at times, that does result in teams beating up on each other because there's so much competitive play, and that's why with the SEC at the F- FBS level, why those teams aren't, you know, like not as many teams are always in the top 25 is because they, they beat each other up, they steal wins from each other, and there's usually like two top dogs at the end of the season. Yeah, they're all playing each other. Yeah. That's why their records aren't as good as they should be. Yeah, and they don't, <laughs> you know, that that's the reality of it. I am sick and tired, and you can argue with me and tweet at me all you want. I am sick and tired of other people trying to argue that their conferences are better. Freaking North Dakota State blew out Illinois State. Like, where's the competitiveness there? I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I. I, I you just I'm, turn on the I mean, Flow Sports. They they made an insane call getting that CAA deal because yeah. every game is going to be exciting. Yeah. All right, our next game was another overtime thriller, and this one did not feature two ranked teams, but it did feature an unexpected one, and that was Montana State just barely beating Cal Poly 34-28. to Cal Poly, another underrated team, and I think that a team that is not talked about enough. So this game looked like it was easily in favor of Montana State, which most people predicted because Montana State is very, very good. They were up 28-7 to in this game. Did not look like they were turning back at all. Somehow, Cal Poly fights their way back with some strong defensive efforts. 28-21. They're within striking range. Finally, 
Carter Nichols picks off Montana State, setting up a score, tying the game at 28 apiece. Sadly, a missed field goal from Cal Poly led to Montana State only needing, not only needing, but needing a touchdown. They could do whatever they want to get the victory, and a wildcat scamper gave them the victory in this one. So we almost, almost had an upset, and it's worth noting that Tucker Rovig did not have such a hot game, who was supposed to be this stellar quarterback for Montana State, 12 for 24, 163 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. I tell you, Montana State looked like they were playing much faster than Cal Poly, at least in the first half of this game. Seemed like they really, really wanted to be out there on the field. They were just, they looked explosive, uh, setting the edges on defense, uh, gang tackling uh, on defense. Uh, Their offensive players looked like they were coming off the ball faster. Uh, It just, they looked like they were playing fast and they really wanted to be out there and just take out this team, go to the next week. It, they looked like a well-oiled machine in that first half. And if they do want to make this big-time push into the playoffs and continue this this streak that they're on, they need to keep on acting like a well-oiled machine and just treat every game like it's just a game until you get to the playoffs. Then we're then we're going up a notch. But how they're playing right now is it's it's fluid. It seemed like Montana State once they had that twenty-eight to seven lead, they hung their hat on it and they were just like, "All right, we're just going to kind of." conservatively work our way out of this one but Cal Poly I think is a very very good team they need to be talked about more like I've said they're good enough that if you're playing on your heels like all right let's just not blow this lead they're going to come out swinging they're going to fight back now Montana State obviously had a slightly has slightly more talent which is why they were able to once they were like all right this thing's real right now we might lose this thing they're able to force them to a long field goal that they missed and then eventually get that touchdown to win in overtime all righty, now we're on to segment three, our most interesting segment that we have here at the FCS Football Podcast. If you don't know what segment three is, it used to be the Division One AA Double Down, formerly known as... What's wrong with you? <laughs> what, do you what do you I mean? hate you. I, I, you're actually making me mad right now. I told you last week, we're not calling it that anymore. We're not bringing that name up You're the one who came anymore. up with it. I'm I know. Just, it was I know, a no, no. joke. But last week, Relax. I said... No, 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 no. Last week, I said on this show... Yeah, yeah. Don't bring up the name again. If you missed it, now it's just segment three. We're not bringing it up anymore okay did you forget segment three did you listen to the last episode no i didn't okay i didn't acknowledge that um segment segment three the oh cut relax no you actually that actually made me mad no you didn't you're not mad no i promise you you're not no no no, no. i promise you you just made me mad segment three surprise score of the week and the one that we have that i have here sacramento state 48 eastern washington 27 another team another loss for eastern washington Sacramento State gets the upset. My segment three of the week. Segment three pick of the week. Southeast Missouri State 43, Tennessee Tech 37. Went into double overtime. TTU's had a really hot offense all season. Southeast Missouri State just has more talent, I believe, in this game. Uh, The ranked opponent, I think they ranked 23 last week. Uh, We'll see if they move up. They'll probably be like 21 or 22 before checking these polls. They played well. It was a really well-fought game. You go into double overtime. Uh, it's going to be close regardless. Uh, any team could have come out with it, which I think uh, says a lot about Tennessee Tech and how well that they are operating as a team. Alrighty, now on to our very favorite segment, which is Fat Stats, Sean. What is your Fat Stat? What do you got for us? My Fat Stat of the Week for offense. South Dakota State's Pierre Strong Jr. 20 rushes, 229 yards, and a touchdown. For 11.5 yards per carry. Man, he tore up the the field all last week. And I'm just going to jump in 
to my defensive player of the week. Weber State's George Tarlis, six tackles. Joe, follow this here. Six tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, two forced fumbles, and two pass breakups. Those are some pretty fat stats. Now, my offensive guy might not live up, which is Jacob Nip from Northern Colorado. 411, 411 yards, two touchdowns. He also threw a pick in that game. But my defensive guy definitely is fatter than yours. Villanova Forrest Ryan. What? Get this. Did you see my spread on that? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Did you see the spread that I had for George Tarlis? Yeah, I see the stat. The, okay. the spread. Mine's Go better. Ahead. Let's hear it. 15 tackles. Oh, three and a half tackles for loss. Oh. Two and a half sacks and a forced fumble. The guy was playing all defense for him. How many pass breakups, though? Uh, there were no recorded pass breakups. Oh. There were no... I, does and that only, matter? And only one forced fumble? Uh, Yeah, only one. What do you mean oh. only one? Carlos had two. <laughs> he oh. had more tackles than him and more sacks and more tackles for loss. So what do you, what do you got on me? The two... Pass breakups mm-hmm. and one more force force fumble. All right, I'm not gonna sit here and argue. With but you. <laughs> <laughs> your guy did more than double my guy's tackle uh, percentage. That's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, tackle percentage. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's, thanks, what, I, that's thanks, what I'm hanging thanks, my head hey, on. Hey, <laughs> All right, boys and girls, sit on down because it's time to get schooled in the art of friscology. The way to get your way to Frisco, the study of making it to the national championship as we take a look at the polls from this past week. Sean, pull up your Stats FCS poll. Got it up right now. Students, also pull it up too if you want to follow along. And taking a look at this Stats poll, I think that one thing that I want to acknowledge, and it's very important that they did this here, is that the Stony Brook rising for them despite losing in overtime they're up to 14. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Very deserving of it. Uh, another thing, though, that I, that I really noticed here is Central Arkansas did not drop despite losing to Nichols. I understand that you lose to a ranked opponent, but I don't real. I'm not really satisfied with a 20 point loss. I think you need. I thought, I thought Central Arkansas was 14 last week. They were, but I don't think like a three point loss after a twenty or a, a three down point drop. No, that's, yeah, three that's point, fair. A three point drop after a twenty point loss to a, another ranked team. Like you got to be more competitive in those situations. That's fair, dude. Yeah. I'm fine with them only dropping three and Nichols sitting at thirteen. Like I'm fine with both of those. I'm also a bit shocked with New Hampshire working their way in. I think Elon was a bit overrated. I don't, I'm not sure if I really am content with them yeah, at twenty five. Agree to disagree on that one? Uh, they're not twenty. They're not the twenty fifth best team. Yeah, no. no. We we played them. I I did not think they were the twenty best twenty fifth best team from what we saw. They're way too young. That's going to change. They're going to lose much football games towards the end of the season. Now, how about the coaches' poll, Sean? You got any takeaways from that, or do you want me to take first shot here? I'll take the first shot here. Let's oh, let's look got. at the dropped out here. Oh, Eastern Washington dropped out of the top twenty five. Get dropped. Dropped. <laughs> oh, man, that's great stuff right Rusty's there. Rusty's going to be really mad. There. Uh, who is? <laughs> Rusty. Oh, yeah. Well, Rusty, He's an we have EU our, fan. Well, Rusty, we haven't heard for you, from you in a month, so it is what it is. Rip Rusty. <laughs> um, Stony Brook's in the 23? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit more happy that the stats poll had them move up, but I'm at least content that they didn't drop any further. I think they were 24 last week. Stony Brook should be higher than Maine. 
Yeah, I do agree with that. I contend with that. Main two and three, sitting at 20? Yeah. Flip that up for me, please. I, the, the coach's pull just never does a good job. Never does a good job. I'm constantly discontent. I think that once we get the actual FCS tournament poll, I think we're probably going to drop talking about the coach's poll just because it's yeah. never it's never accurate. We always have so many problems with it. It's fine with me. Now, Sean, you want to take Kwame's Corner, or do you want me to read these? Well, it's a Tuesday show. I'll let you read them. All righty. So in Kwame's Corner, our social media portion of the show, we have two wonderful questions, and they just both happen to be Jacksonville State-related and honestly, they're both pretty similar in question. Also a little bit confused by these questions. So Jacksonville State. It's from who? Oh, sorry. The question is from uh, Nick Masseroni. And then I uh, believe the other one was from Dan. <laughs> Can you pull up the name there? Dan. <laughs> Can you pull up the name? Did I he don't... tweet at you? Or uh, he responded to my tweet. So oh, yeah. Nick Masseroni, who... The trumpet man who gives us wonderful questions each week. The trumpeteur. The trumpeteur. Oh, I like that better than trumpet man. Um, <laughs> gave us a good question. Uh, the, wait, the other question was from... Oh, it was David. David gave us this other question. So they're very similar in nature. I'm going to read both of them. Jacksonville State continues to prove to be the most overrated and inconsistent FCS team this year. Uh, does this 4-2, two bad losses... OVC team deserve a ranking in the stats poll? If so, where do you have them? Um, mm. And the other one was how far will Jacksonville State drop? So <laughs> Nick uh, Nick also decided to throw in there a secondary tweet where he said his, uh, the Kennesaw State fan in him was a little bit aggressive with the overrated part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was uh, I thought that was a little funny. Look, I get the the Southeast Louisiana loss. I don't think that that one's a bad loss. Um as far as their other one to Austin P, they're an underrated team. I think spanked. that the yeah, they got spanked, but I think that they're a good Ohio Valley Conference team. I I think the Ohio Valley Conference is more competitive than people give them credit for. You have uh, yeah. Southeast Louisiana and you have Austin P in the rankings. I see them sitting around about where, about that, that like twentieth range where they uh, where they are right now. They're twenty four. Twenty. Yeah, I see that. Twenty four, twenty five. Twenty to twenty five in that range, I think is fair. I think that <laughs> How when you far have, will they fall? <laughs> I don't think they're going to fall that much further. Yeah. I don't think. I think they're going to still potentially have a position to be a playoff team because Austin P and Southeast Louisiana State are going to be ranked at the end of the season. You can't call them bad losses when you lose to ranked teams. I now, you. if they're losing to a bottom-feeding Ohio Valley Conference team that has no wins and they're getting upset, <coughs> Eastern Washington, <coughs> um, then I would kind of understand. Well, they beat Eastern Washington. No, but I'm saying like that's a comparative oh, example. Oh, like, that, like how Eastern Washington keeps on getting spanked around. Yeah. So they, they've managed to climb themselves back into it and, and provide a little bit more credibility to their situation. So I don't consider them falling. How far could they? Well, we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to get too predictive here. I, I don't know every single team's schedule off the top of my head. So right. we're going to have to see what happens. All right, that's going to be it from us, folks. Sean's got to run to class. Um Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon and at Sean Anderson 65. And additionally, follow Belief Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram at BLEAV Podcasts. Wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe and give us a rating and a review. 
Additionally, as well, please, if you happen to stumble upon us, uh, well, I completely lose my my train of thought. Say something if you have <laughs> somebody. If you have if you happen to stumble upon us, uh, you can find us elsewhere on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, the podcast app. I don't know if we're on the podcast app. I just threw. We it are over. on the podcast app. Okay. Tell your friends. I heard radio, mouth, Spotify. Us out. Yeah. Keep telling people to listen. Kwame's done a great job of that. He's done awesome. Done, he's probably the best right now as far as promoting us. Um, also, you can find us on the Believe.com website. Spelled B-L-E-A-V, where there's a number of other wonderful, f- wonderful shows out there. Thank you for tuning in, FCS football fans. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.